first of all, sorry that this podcast is totally not about art for the first 20 minutes, but like... Yeah, but guess what? Everyone, art sucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> Here, in a nutshell, this is what the episode or the whole concept of the show is about. Art sucks. Now we can talk about other things. Okay, I have to tell you about something really cute that happened. Mm-hmm. Got home last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm visiting my parents. Um, as you know, um, and we had left two pairs of house shoes outside on the stoop, <laughs> like, you know, like shower shoes, basically for Elijah. <laughs> and, um, so this morning I, or no, last night I noticed, I was like, wait, why is both of the right, uh, sandals missing? It's like, it's. <laughs> somebody playing a trick on us they just took one of each right shoe uh-huh and it turns out it was a local dog <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and one was like in the mud in the front yard because there's no grass yet yeah. and then and the other shoe was like two yards over <laughs> oh my god so it wasn't the village uh cripple or deformed (laughs) person with two right shoes or two right Um, legs this is actually a small city it's not a village (laughs) what what constitutes a small city in that neck of the woods i don't know to be honest i think it's like a generally global definition no but how many people oh how many people are here one second let me see Twenty-four thousand. Oh, okay that's um What's like? What's an indication in that part of Poland that you're on the map? Like a certain retailer? Uh, <laughs> like, um, well, I will tell you this: there's a Kaufland. Uh huh. Is but, it nicer? Is it nicer than in Berlin? Or uh, it looks the same, but I think it has more items in a way because mm-hmm. it'll have kind of like the typical Kaufland stuff, but then they'll have the Polish brands as well. Right. Um. So maybe there's like a bit more selection, but so, okay. There's this city we're in right now, Sandomiash. Uh, then there's like the villages around it. So that adds to the population, but then across the river, there's kind of like a sister city kind of thing. And that place it's called Tarnobzeg. Um, they have a McDonald's. So interesting. Wait, yeah. how did, how I thought sister cities are like across the world. <laughs> well, yeah. So okay, I guess this is the twin city, kind of like Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> oh, I see. It, yeah, I it like see. butts up to it basically, right? Because my hometown in Israel, Hanana, has a twin sister or a sister, a twin city, a twin <laughs> sister, a twin city in Poland. I think we've covered this on a previous episode. Oh yeah, I have to. Check. I'm gonna look it up. Wait, are we in the episode already? <laughs> what? A, yeah, we are in the episode already. Much like COVID, we are also back with a vengeance. Yeah, you're listening <laughs> to the uh, Omicron report. Um, is, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> no, I think it's Omicron. But okay, but um, Omicron sounds like a wristwatch brand or office equipment. <laughs> like my friend sent me a meme with a watch and i was like i had no idea what he was talking about this is like Uh three or four days ago (laughs) there's something muscular about this word yeah it's really weird yeah also shout out to the greek alphabet where 
the letters don't necessarily correlate with the name of the letter. It's like Omicron. I would never like I with the Greek alphabet. I like have to look it up to see what letter it refers to the name of the letter. Yeah. And I just want to say I've never heard of this letter in the context of a slutty sorority or fraternity. So <laughs> like, where has this letter been? <laughs> Totally. Could totally be like a, a Bottoms fraternity <laughs> letter O. I ate a pie. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you, Omicron, for fucking up my uh, upcoming travel to Israel. Travels to Israel tomorrow. Yeah, well, hopefully it's still the promised land um, oh after all this travel drama. It's uh, historically has never been easy to travel to that country, and there's just always something. So much so that it makes you think that Israel is just just has a a passion for this messiness and drama. <laughs> like they just, it's it's like those people who can't do anything simply. There it always has to be done in a convoluted and complicated way. <laughs> um, but having said that, now that foreigners are not allowed to travel into Israel for the coming two weeks, I'm hoping that some seats in Polaris open up. Yes. They're going to well, sit my ass in there. Well, it is Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that my aunt hasn't sent me her annual meme yet. <laughs> That's a, a, a cross-section of a woman's body eating a Sufganiya oh jelly God. donut. And it says, Sufganiya, one minute in your mouth, a year in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some other things, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm waiting impatiently for that meme to arrive. And I'm actually debating whether to uh, drive down to Borough Park to buy some Sufganiyot. I'm just like, I'm counting calories and it's just like 500 calories a piece. And just I hit up the Duncan down the street from you. <laughs> we actually did. When we hosted Hanukkah three or four years ago at our place, we were like, I guess I pre ordered some fancy Sufgani out, but it wasn't enough for the amount of people who came over. So I just went over to the Duncan by our house and it's just, it's almost blasphemous. <laughs> like they're great. It's just a whole different vibe. You know, they're half the cows though. They're like 250 calories. No way. <laughs> yes. No I swear. Way. Between the deep fried dough and the <laughs> jelly. Are you sure? Uh, oh, wait. I'm thinking of like a ring donut. You're right. It's like once you add the jelly and the powdered sugar, it does kind of boost it. But also, it's not, like the... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but not as high as that pride donut they had. That was like 590 calories. <laughs> but that's because of the frosting, right? And the sprinkles. Well, speaking of which, I keep getting notification push notifica- notifications from Popeyes. Oh my god, which you have to hit up. I do, yeah. Your new fave family meal. You can now get our new and improved homestyle mac and cheese with our 11-piece signature chicken family meal. Order yours today. Um, my problem with the jelly donuts, just food in general, is that I'm unable to just sample it. <laughs> I I guess that I have a compulsion when it comes to food, which is why I try not to bring any like sweets into the house because once I open a bag, I I feel almost like third generation Holocaust sort of mm. reflex to like finish it, lest the Nazis mm-hmm. come and take it away. 
Which could happen. So it could always kind of happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, by the way, I looked up the twin a cities list on my hometown's website, and Poznan is one oh. of those. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Poznan is a fun city. Yeah. So on Israel's 60th uh, anniversary, Independence Day, they signed the agreement between the two cities. How cute. We should go and stand in front of the sign in Poznan. Mm -hmm. Cute. And the meeting was held between the head of the local, um, like, orchestra, the town's orchestra. And who was the Polish guy? Are there scowls? Probably. I mean, don't forget that the population in Israel is, to a certain extent, of Polish descent. So, Exactly. Scowls on scowls. On both sides of the the delegation. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, other cities, uh, including Obsterland in the Netherlands. We actually have a street in my hometown called Obsterland. Ah. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Uh, Bromsche in Germany. Where is Bromsche? Hmm. Sounds actually doesn't sound very nefarious. Um, Boulogne, Biancourt in France, Verona in Italy, Atlanta. <laughs> Out of all cities in America, Atlanta. Jesus, Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Have you been? I've driven through it, and I, I yeah, we should go because I know a lot about it because of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm um looks fun um by the way the jelly donuts <laughs> dunkin donuts is 280 calories no way i just, this is like the yogurt episode on seinfeld we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to send it in for some fda calorie testing at a lab mm-hmm. well i was gonna say it's kind of similar to the just salad menu <laughs> Uh, which also I don't believe they're a posted calorie count for their menu items. Like I usually get um, one of their like warm bowls Mm -hmm. and purportedly it's like 430 calories, which no way. Yeah. Just no way. It's a whole bowl with like food items, (laughs) ingredients. How is it only 430 calories? Wait, let me see the kale Caesar at sweet green calories. Four hundred and five. No girl. Way. <laughs> like between the the cheese and croutons, the dressing, the croutons. Yeah. But like then again, I don't think like a chain of that size could post fraudulent calorie count on True. their like as seen on unless, Seidfeld. Yes. <laughs> You know what um, I loved? Chopped when we went at Brookfield Place. Oh, right. That was good. I forgot about them. Yeah. So I'm a chopped stan now because of you. Totally. Is that like C H O P T? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Chopped. Oh, yeah. Is that your um, stomach rumbling? <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> But yeah, it is because I've been counting calories as a result of being bored. I started doing that because <laughs> I was bored. And it's been a slippery slope because once you start doing that, you can't unsee the calorie count and things. Yeah. Well, it's all about moderation. It is. But once again, I will say when it comes to food, I'm a compulsive person. And so I, as Louis C.K. 
says, the meal, is, the meal is not over when I'm full. The meal is over when I hate myself. <laughs> no, for me, for me, it's basically a, a, an issue of volume. I need to fee- feel like uh, like there's volume in my stomach. Yeah. Um, like Jordan was saying, for him, it's enough to just like take a bite of something. If he's in the mood for like something sweet or savory, it's just about the act of like tasting it that satisfies oh, him but not for, for me, me no <laughs> for me it's about like i guess i should just breathe more so that there's more air in my stomach <laughs> just just eat a toilet paper <laughs> like <laughs> Con- cotton, yeah cotton balls <laughs> dipped in diet coke <laughs> Oh my god! Like those uh, underage dancers in the Nutcracker, <laughs> they they feed on toilet paper for the duration oh of rehearsals. <laughs> um, what else is happening? What have you been up to? Um, I got my booster shot and thought I was gonna die. Oh god! I mean, there's not gonna be any live censoring of this episode by the uh, FCC. But just like if, let me just say, if you had a rough second shot experience (laughs) and you're a healthy individual and there's no like travel issues that like a uh, upcoming travels that mandate you get a booster shot, like give it a second thought because I felt like Leo DiCaprio in the basketball diaries when when he's going through his heroin withdrawal. It was awful. Like I ran 101 fever for like... 24 what? hours on and off it was awful so much so that oh my God. at some point i was texting with jordan and i was like should i go to the emergency room should i go to city md oh god should i go to Callan lord <laughs> yeah just yeah to city md just so you have to like spend 20 minutes re-entering all your personal information <laughs> it's just so wild to me that it's in this like data age that we live in there's still so much like manual putting in of information hello they need to get onto the they need to get onto the my chart system that the new york city hospitals uses i have that too but like for example i i got i went to get a pcr test for my trip to israel yesterday and like first of all Sorry that this podcast is totally not about art for the first 20 minutes, but like... Yeah, but guess what, everyone? Art sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here, in a nutshell, this is what the episode or the whole concept of this show is about. Art sucks. Now we can talk about other things. Um, I've been using Mac OS's or like Apple's hide my email address feature that's new on Monterey. Oh, yeah. I've been using it. The problem is that my Apple ID is like an old email address from like back in the day when I was still living in Berlin. So at some point I had to put like a forward relay thing on that Hebrew email address. Hebrew 69 hotmail.com. <laughs> oh my God. Um, anyway, so I logged into the PCR test like portal, a uh, patient portal and it suggested I put in that hide your email address thing. So I did that. And I'm like waiting for 24 hours for the test results. that so were supposed to come Ugh. in for six hours. And lo and behold, they're like buried somewhere in that like funny made up email like address that it generates for you every time it hides it for you. Uh-huh. And I couldn't even restore the password for that old like email account. So I've just been spending the past hour trying to like think of every possible combination or like old password um 
Anyway, sorry to sound like a like a zoomer in his fifties, <laughs> but like there's so much technology that it's almost regressive at this point. And um, it's not could, made uh, to function. <laughs> no, it's literally technology at this point is only made to like be a, a, a two-factor authentication nightmare. <laughs> totally. It's like to try to prevent anyone from accessing information rather than making it easy or accessible. It's just I think of how much difficulty I have, do, I have doing certain tasks and then I'm like, wait, I can't leave my parents alone in this home. Not because uh, they're aging or because I'm worried about them, but because they can't like change the network setting on the TV. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. it's so complicated. And then they're gonna call me and they'll be like, "The TV's not connecting to the Wi-Fi. What do we do?" And I'll be like, "I don't know. It's so right. complicated for me to begin with." Like, and listen, the two of us are savvy people. Like, you're way yeah. savvier than I am um, with tech. Tech, oh, but like please. yesterday, I I tried to. I tried to install that eSIM on my phone and I texted you this morning about it. Turns yeah. out that you can't install can't install an eSIM on your phone if in America if it's been 60 days since you purchased it because <sighs> there's some like like tech security law in this country that has you uh has the phones locked for 60 days after purchase because I guess there's some fear what? of fraud. What? And there's I think just they no- just want to keep you on the carrier. That's yeah, but just for 60 days. Oh, God. It makes no sense. And I was just on the customer support last night for like five hours with the providers of the eSIM. Yeah. And no one could figure it out. Can you ask Verizon to unlock you since you've been a customer for so long? Can you do that? Yeah, you could try. You'd be like, hey, I've been with you for years. Like, I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. I need this uh, for travel purposes you can't fulfill. <laughs> My problem is that once I decide that something annoys me or that something has to be fixed, resolved, or changed, it like it obsesses me. Hmm. And so I sometimes have to make like a conscious decision to like veer away from the thought and not invest myself into yeah. getting upset about something. Cause like I've gone down rabbit holes that were totally unnecessary and futile. That's how I feel about the washer that I just got my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened? Oh, it just keeps having an error code. And I went in the store and they're like, okay, you should call the hotline, the Whirlpool mm-hmm. hotline. They'll walk you through it over the phone. There might be like a combination of keystrokes on like the buttons on the controls mm-hmm. that'll clear out the error code. If that doesn't work, they'll send a technician. If the technician uh sees that there's an actual issue they can't fix or they can't change like the circuit board or something mm-hmm. uh then they will like write out a slip and then you come in and we'll give you a new washer God, so, that sounds so complicated yeah like regardless it'll get fixed but just the whole process stresses me out you know because right. it's like multi-step so it's like the aim of the process is that like step one will fix it if not step two will fix it yeah and so on so forth um but just that whole process stresses me out because i'm like what if it's step six it's still not fixed (laughs) and once again i have left my parents here to fend for themselves yeah and i'm not going to be here when they have to like deal with it so i really hate it when i have to like re-explain my case with every single yes oh my god step of the process i know 
This is a consumer affairs podcast, by the way, everyone. Yes, in disguise. Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot on our mind and a lot to say, so (laughs) deal with it. I mean, I think at our core, it doesn't come from a selfish place. It comes from wanting the world to be a just and right place. Yeah. I'm trying to bring some universal Jewish values (laughs) into consumerism. We're um, humanist justice advocates, so yeah. deal I mean, with I'm, <laughs> I'm the Greta Thunberg of <laughs> refunds. The Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I'd love a good like compensation credit, yeah, <laughs> coupon voucher. Well, that's why I love that show CBC Marketplace. I always mention because it's constantly just like they're. They're operating on like eleven level outrage uh, yeah. on behalf of the consumer. Like, yeah. uh, what do you what do you call that when you uh, when you suddenly show up with a gun? What, what's that called? Ambushing. They love to ambush with the camera. <laughs> uh huh. And they like show up at a business or at headquarters. They'll show up at like the CEO's house. Um. So yeah, I had this. Uh, my battery exploded in my MacBook a few years ago. Oh my god! And I was just thinking, I'm like, which one will I call first? The CTV News I team or CBC Marketplace, <laughs> so that they like stock Apple and get me my battery. I mean, this is America, and the customer is always right here. And I think all it takes is for you to actually just show up and complain, because <laughs> yeah. I think corporations mostly rely on people not wanting to, like, not giving shit about it because everything's so. It's just easily replaceable and affordable and cheap here that they don't even think people have like anyways yeah. what i'm trying to say is that like i'm bored and have the gift of time to like make complaints <laughs> and get refunds basically um coupon queen coupon queen and um yeah i mean when i landed in the hospital a few years ago and my insurance didn't cover it i well, it wasn't really a matter of choice. Like it wasn't out of privilege or luxury. I just literally could not afford the hospital bill, and I just like reached out to NYU, and they have like they have a uh, pool of funds dedicated just for that, for refunds for people who can't afford the bill, and they don't ask for any proof or anything. They just like they, it's an honor system. That's good. I yeah. mean, they are really milking the money out of all the students, so. Yeah, basically. And all that fucking real estate in like downtown New York. Yeah, I uh, don't get it. It's pretty incredible. When you walk through like University Place, that area, like uh above uh Washington Square Park, it's just like it's a open air campus. Yeah, it's crazy. Basically, because you don't see any locals, you just see like frumpy like girls with a purple ombre and whiskers and like high high high-waisted like mom uh bell bottoms and (laughs) whatever other atrocities those zoomers dress in these days and sad professors sad professors um i hope they're tenured because they're all about to get canceled (laughs) they're gonna have to go to austin university I actually just rewatched that uh, girl's episode last night where Hannah's mom gets tenured and at the same time her dad comes out of the closet. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Um, 
she's such a great actress yeah. forget her name or i don't even know her name he actually just passed away recently i know i can't a believe a couple that. weeks ago yeah um do you uh, think they would ever make like a second series uh and just like that style i am begging with the entertainment industry to just it just stop it with the reboots <laughs> just stop it <laughs> I one of the I mean and just like that I'm very much um am excited for but like otherwise I just truly don't want to see my childhood like stars in an aged shriveled form like 20 years later. We don't need to see that. Like have you seen one good reboot? Nope. Um no. I did not like the Connors of what I saw. No, it was awful and huh. the full house fuller house i watched I seen some that. of that it was on an airplane i think it was terrible like the mad about you i wouldn't even touch it with a six uh six foot pole oh yeah i watched that on the plane again why there's still like some some ads in the subway here that are such like eerie pre-covid time capsules because it was supposed to air i guess in february 2020 or something like that mm-hmm um so that and the fraser reboot like i just i really don't want to reboot yes it's in the making i don't want to see that no exactly you know what the only show that's worked with such a drawn out timeline is curb your enthusiasm i mean yes i mean in the favor of curb i will say that it's benefiting from higher production value in its later seasons yeah because the first few seasons were so dim with like it's a insane. shitty camera and i don't even think like hbo can like do anything to, like uh what do you call it remaster it or something yeah. like that it's at it, such terrible quality that it's almost yeah. like it was shot on like a handheld camera like home style it's just awful considering also the fact that like larry david had just like come off uh i guess seven year stint of doing seinfeld with like nbc's huge budgets like are you unable to like film a show (laughs) but anyway i think it still works um yeah i think it's also the it's the format i think because it's like something like roseanne seems so much more sensitive to bad writing (laughs) you know what i mean i just like i guess it's greed yeah that's that's why these reboots exist and that's why those like uh bloated franchises exist with the marvel universe the the mcu which i don't think i've even seen a single movie i mean is x-men marvel (laughs) sorry the gays come out um (laughs) is that dc maybe god i don't even know i mean i've seen i've seen one of those like the one with uh ryan uh green lantern no it's like a he's in like a a a red costume maybe it's like a funny like dark humor movie oh uh, deadpool (laughs) yes deadpool okay or no guardians of the galaxy is that marvel i don't even know (laughs) no me neither deadpool yeah who's in it what's his name deadpool's the one that kind of reynolds ah deadpool's the one that kind of looks like spider-man yeah also how can you tell all these characters apart also do people not have anything better to watch (laughs) 
I honestly, it's so. I mean, to each his own. Whatever. I mean, if that's your cup of tea, enjoy it. Yeah. Meanwhile, just, I'm excited to see uh, House of Gucci and hate watch it. So. Oh my god! Did you read the Tom Ford review? Oh my god, no. Um. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to find it. Does Does the movie at all overlap with the Tom Ford era at Gucci? That's what I yes, want to yes. know. Yeah, it yeah. Does? Someone okay. Someone portrays him in the movie, so I hear. Oh my god. Um. Hold on. Um. Tom Ford says House of Gucci left him quote unquote deeply sad for several days. <laughs> okay, Queen. Um. So he starts his review by saying, I recently survived a screening of the two hour and 37 minute film that is House of Gucci. The shiny, ambitious, beautifully filmed and costume tale of greed and murder is stunning by the sheer number of the stars that have been cast. And then he goes on to basically um, diss it. He says, was it a farce or a gripping tale of greed? I often laughed out loud. But was I supposed to? Okay, queen. The, yeah, the rest is paywalled, so... Oh, my God. Well, uh, before it starts fading away, they do that fading effect now when oh, content God, is yeah. uh, paywalled. He says, I must I must preface my thoughts by standing, stating that my opinion is perhaps biased. I knew Maurizio Gucci well and worked with him for four and a half years that are covered in the film. He was murdered on the morning of blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, spoiler uh, spoiler alert I thought it was just an attempted murder I didn't know he actually died no the whole point of the movie is greed and murder no I, I didn't know if he dies I swear anyway I find the whole thing so uninteresting and I have limited patience for Adam Driver on the screen yeah and on the red carpet did you see those red carpet photos a few weeks ago where he was just like really awkward with he's very awkward and i like he's just such a thespian i really have an issue with that sort of category of larger than not larger than life but like method actors yeah like the daniel day louis lewis and uh who are other like oh um Meryl Streep loves method. (laughs) Method queen. (laughs) (laughs) Method face. Anyway, if that movie was two hours long, I would have watched it. But two hours and 47 minutes, I think, is even too long for me. Maybe I'll go and I'll just aggressively uh, iMessage you from the movie. (laughs) I'll start a business iMessage channel for you. And also, like, as much as I have an issue with uh, Lady Gaga's musical career and poor taste, <laughs> poor. <laughs> totally. she's proven herself so far pretty, like, with flying colors on A Star is Born. Like, she's she clearly has the, not even the potential because she's proven it on A Star is Born, but, like, she seems just beyond awful yeah. in House of Gucci. And also, well, like, she's she was quoted saying that whatever that italian accent is it's she uh she copied it from her mom it's allegedly her mom's italian accent her white methodist mother yeah basically so like if if your source of inspiration is flawed to begin with no wonder you sound like a russian uh red sparrow (laughs) 
Well, she has been method acting as a basic bitch all her life, so that's why she was so good in Stars Born. I mean, is a star it was a star is born a fluke? Is she just a theater kid who lucked out completely coincidentally? I think so. I mean, because she was she she embodied what she knew was that like you know, doe-eyed. I just want to sing. Um, yeah, but not there's, maybe there's, craving for fame to begin with, but then later on. Yeah, but I mean, that's the utter opposite of her inception because <laughs> yeah. she was a a craven, thirsty theater kid from like age zero. Yeah. Um, with somewhat of a cushioned upbringing. Yeah, in Manhattan, Did she grew she grew up on the Lower East Side, or was that just her like? That was like when her parents were paying her rent, so she was on like Stanton or whatever. Oh right, when she <laughs> performed at Rivington's. <laughs> <laughs> she performed at um God, what, what was that club? Something something bitter end. Um, <laughs> I remember walking past and sending you a photo. I was like, this is where where a star was born. <laughs> You think she ever crossed paths with the uh, Jonathan Larson? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of that, um, maybe two of our listeners have watched it. Um, <laughs> I watched Tick Tick Boom on Netflix, the Jonathan Larson story. <laughs> it's actually a one-man show he made that, after his death, was expanded into. A musical, I guess, with like the addition of a three people. Oh, wait, so it preceded <laughs> Rent? Yes. It's like, so the very first thing he was working on was called like sub, suburb, Suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like a 1960s space alien in Suburbia musical or something. Okay, and, sounds interesting. <laughs> and that um, was not going well. Um, he was workshopping it. Stephen Sondheim came, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie killed him. Um, because he's a he's a character in the in the film. Wait, who who plays Sondheim in the movie? Just like a random middle aged man, no one of note, unless I'm mistaken. It's like uh, an EGOT winner, but uh, it's just sorry to say, it's just so so incredible with some people. So uh, Sondheim died in '91. He looked old, but like to be that, like, not ancient looking at ninety one is pretty incredible. Yeah, he looked I, great, and he like came on the the Colbert show, the nightly show, like just a month ago, oh, and was crazy. just sitting there and like was you know cogent and like oh in see like I don't know what he died of, but whatever. Yeah, sorry. Oh, keep oh no, it's okay. And so then Rent was in like 1996. Jonathan Larson passed away the week it came out um, and or made its Broadway debut. And then, oh, but before Rent, he did this one man show, which was Tick, Tick, Boom, which then a friend of the pod, David, said he saw uh, in an off off Broadway or off Broadway, I can't remember, revival um, and in 2001 and said it was terrible. So which I is don't that, doubt. Is that where therapy's from? Uh, the song? Because that's, that's the only um, excerpt I've uh, watched from Tick, Tick, Boom online. Maybe. So the movie did have a lot of uh, like rent Easter eggs in it. 
obviously mm-hmm. for the rent heads like me. Oh God. But <laughs> I just <laughs> triggered. Yeah. But I just found the music was like annoying. The story was annoying. How could it not be annoying? Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. <laughs> it's like, need I oh, say more? And he was a thirsty theater kid about this movie. Like, Who, Miranda? Yeah. I was like, if there's one thing I was made to direct, it's this. Because <laughs> he... So <laughs> It's so hard for me to like judge this from outside because I clearly have no dog in the race and I don't really like musicals. I don't like theater. I love the opera, but musicals for me seem cringy. Like there's an intimacy in them that embarrasses me. Uh, And Lin-Manuel Miranda is just sort of the poster child, in my opinion, of everything that's just is triggering to me about this whole creative field. And he he just seems a little like too big to fail, maybe at this point of his career. Yeah. I haven't seen Hamilton. I haven't seen In the Heights, but he just oozes bad judgment <laughs> and poor taste. Like a straight theater kid. Okay, that's all I have to say. Well, a straight Larson was, Broadway queen. <laughs> Larson was also a straight Broadway queen, right? I know, but I I feel like the taste comes out. <laughs> I feel like he had bad taste too. Like. I like Rent. Clearly, Rent is awful. Sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) It's like, in a way, I think Rent is terrible, but it's, um, I don't know, like some of the songs are catchy to me, but it's like, I don't know how much of that is him because obviously he wrote those songs, but I don't know if like, then somebody maybe fine tuned them or something. Right. And I Um, think to a certain extent, Rent is as awful as Hamilton is awful in terms of the sensitivities and the sensibilities because it's... Like, Hamilton triggers me the same way, well, I'll preface and say that I only watched the the movie version of Rent, and we couldn't even make it past, like, 65 minutes or so. It was just so unbearable. Yeah. With uh, Cory Booker's beard. And And she's terrible in it. She can't sing. Um, It's just like... Like, it's, you know what it's, it is it's, sorry go ahead i mean hamilton is just like hip-hop for like hannah horvat's parents basically yeah, yeah exactly well and that's what rent was it's like rent came out and it's like bill and hillary in the front row with chelsea <laughs> they're like like uh you're now gonna learn about aids <laughs> oh my god and there's the buzzer <laughs> Yes, um, you know, Amazon also delivers on Sundays here in New York. <laughs> and no rest for the week. Thank God. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it was like, you know, for the Westchester set to like learn about the streets. <laughs> so es- essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and and also the issue is the pastiche that it's like, it's a rock opera. It's Labo M, but okay, rocking well, the, 90s. Was, I mean, I'll... I'll I'll give credit where credit is due. That was somewhat innovative in the mid nineties. Yeah. But that's the problem then. Actually, you know what? Sorry, maybe uh, sorry to, uh, to interrupt, but like maybe David could chime in. I feel like the, what was, there were some like big musicals in the seventies that were like rock operas. Oh, like hair. Hair. Like and what's the Jesus, Jesus Christ. Superstar. superstar totally. Um, I mean, yeah. A Star is Born from the 70s is kind of like a rock opera. <laughs> Wait, was that made into a musical? 
No, no, I just mean the movie, like the one with Barbara Streisand. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, Actually, I haven't seen it. It's terrible. It's not her fault. We love Barbara on this podcast, but it's like in the 70s, they just like really lost their way with filmmaking. Like mm-hmm. a lot of movies just look like garbage, like on a technical level, but like weird cinematography. Um, I mean, it's just like the Madonna movies. I'm sure she just really wanted to control everything to the point where her inexperience just like ruined the quality. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Funny Girl is an amazing movie, and Yentl is great. Um, I mean, don't at me, but <laughs> I haven't seen The Way We Were. I haven't Prince seen of Tides. The, uh, that. I've seen. There's a famous scene where she shows up at the. Uh, she shows up at whatever with, I guess, a, a, like a soccer match with like Zabar's bags, which actually makes no sense because the movie's not <laughs> set in New York. Like, how would you have gotten like? food from the deli i don't think they delivered nationwide back in 1991 i Um, really did love like 90s barbara though that was such a major peak for her yeah i just there's something really good about the like the soft power of 90s movies yeah um what's the one with sorry i'm scrolling through her filmography there was one that i watched like a year ago that i enjoyed um well, I watched What's Up, What's Up Doc a couple of times, and it's really good with the heartthrob. Uh, what's his face? It's a Peter Bogdanovich movie with uh, oh. Barbara Streisand and... God, who's the other one? Sorry, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bother me now. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, who's married oh, yeah. to... Uh, God, I'm so choppy today. Uh, well, Ryan O'Neill was... No, McGrath. No, Melanie Griffiths. Wait, that's so. This podcast is canceled. <laughs> no, he was like married to a famous person, but Wikipedia is telling me he was married to Lee Taylor Young and Joanna Moore. <laughs> I don't know who those people are. No, he was like an incredibly oh Farrah Fawcett. Duh. Oh, there we go. Like, Sorry, such a such a gorgeous couple. Yeah. Um, so that's a really funny like screwball comedy set in san francisco in like the 1960s or something um the oh the mirror has two faces what an amazing 90s movie with jeff bridges barbara streisand loren bacall oh mimi wow. rogers pierce brosnan there's just something about like that uh era i guess between 1992 and 1998 where like every single movie had like such an insane all-star cast Mm, totally um i highly recommend watching it and it fucking made 82 million dollars in the box office god those were the days those were the days i haven't seen meet the the what's it called fockers oh that i saw that was that was fun and there's like little fockers meet the fockers there's like several movies in the uh i just saw the first two Right. You know what I miss? Um, what's that one with Steve Martin? Those were great. Which one? Where um, our favorite f- glove lady. <laughs> what's her what? name? <laughs> what was glove it? lady? That, that glove lady that's always wearing neckties and gloves. and <laughs> Oh, Diane Keaton? <laughs> Diane. <laughs> 
I love like, her. Yeah, she's really good. Um, the one we're like talking about. Roxanne. <laughs> Father of no. the Bride. There's so many of the Bride. There we go. <laughs> father of the Bride and Father of the Bride 2, where then Diane Keenan's expecting a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Those movies are great. Yeah. Um, those are piss check family such a, favorites. Such a, <laughs> such a great era to grow up in. Totally. Which we had the privilege of you yeah. know, being part of. Yeah. Just adding it to the privilege list. Um, 90s movies yep i mean we had uh we had roxanne and father of the bride and kids these days have omicron (laughs) (laughs) um uh, oh my god well also my my cousin and her husband were here for thanksgiving they just left a couple of days ago we had a really nice time but the reason i'm bringing it up is because i on their request, I took them to experience some uh, New York City culture, and I took them to MoMA. <laughs> this is the art portion of the podcast, the last 14 minutes, by the way. <laughs> yes, just just so we go, don't get canceled, uh, <laughs> taken off air. Uh, so it was their request. They were open-minded about it, and, and they're two like incredibly intelligent people, but with no sort of foot in the intellectual door of the art. And so taking a taking a, a novice to a museum in New York City is it's kind of refreshing from my perspective too because it it makes me see things through eyes of people without any access to this world. Uh, and I was kind of scared to take them because MoMA at this point is so detached from like uh, reality and accessibility, except for their collection of you know. A, modern paintings and um and such and so i took them to the museum there's a adam pendleton like a installation in the atrium um it's like visually appealing but then we like walked up to the wall text and my cousin's husband was like i have no idea what (laughs) this is about because he was like it was appealing to him he was like he was lingering to see what it could be about and it meant nothing to him and so i took them to see what did i take them to see oh i like we did the mistake of walking through the like the the contemporary collection which is basically just a hodgepodge of like everything that Mark, market darlings the, market dar <laughs> current market darlings yeah. i don't know that they were market darlings back in the day but it's just incredible what and like emily may smith just like between the like old ass like one-off barbara kruger that like looks like nothing that she does now but is in their collection for some reason because someone i don't know that someone even deemed it to be relevant i'm sure it was like on a the circulation of donors that it got pushed up the queue because it was it's time to be shown for like provenance sake and raising of value of the piece um there's just it's incredible that there's contemporary art is basically a free for all um and it's just very hard to enjoy it and like when i go to moma i whisk through the uh the galleries because i just don't connect with most of this stuff um and i think for them it was especially unappetizing (laughs) oh god um and then i took them upstairs to see the the 
Monet's and the Picasso's and I mean there's more to enjoy there but like you know just to to walk them through the like abstract expressionism galleries and to have them stand in front of a a, um, a Pollock and have to explain how that came about yeah. and why it's still relevant is is quite the feat yeah. like I feel like we're as as studio artists we're trained um pretty extensively to have to articulate our our practice and our thought process to either strangers or you know professionals business people in a way that makes sense but like to have to explain it to someone who has no no footing yeah in this intellectual sphere like and also have to like convince someone of a an aesthetic value of something is impossible yeah well i think the um important thing describing pollock to them is that um the Office of Strategic Services later became the Central Intelligence it. Group, <laughs> and then the CIA. <laughs> I mentioned it, but I, like they they like push back against it, asking me like, why did the CIA deem this like a good candidate for sort of uh, conveying cultural superiority of the West? Like, why this? Yeah. How do you exp- like? <laughs> I guess because all the art that existed back in the day in the East, like Eastern Bloc and stuff, was very like a uh, overtly patriotic. Yeah, I mean, and, still at that time, it would have still been like referring to the figure and the body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funnily enough, those are the market darlings these days. Exactly, like, back in like the Soviet Bloc. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which leads me to uh, Artnet News's uh, hot lots. Um, excuse me, Artnet News Pro. Ooh, I shall bitch. say. <laughs> Thank you to the anonymous donor that gave us their uh, login credentials. We Thanks, finally have donor. access. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. it like. I appreciate it so much that I'm kind of sorry there's no more pro content on Artnet News. Um, yeah, for twenty four ninety nine, pump it up. Yeah, um, like I guess wet paint is now paywall too, but it doesn't come out as often as uh, Nate Freeman's one used to come out, and but also I like, not as good as Nate Freeman's. So right, and I don't even like go over to Vanity Fair to. Uh, yeah, I liked, but I liked it when he was at Artnet News. Um, but lately I just don't care about anything he's reporting about. You know, it's like, do I care about art Basel? Like the one in Basel that happened in September? No. Right. It just, let me just say, I think his move to Vanity Fair made a lot of sense for him, but I don't know that it made a lot of sense for the column. Yeah. Cause like who really is the target audience for wet paint on Vanity Fair? Yeah. Like sure. It's an up, it's like a, um, um, it's like a quality upgrade for him and a status yeah. upgrade, but like there was something nicer about it being like more uh, sort of close to us commoners over yeah. on Artnet News, especially when it wasn't paywalled. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for my wet paint hat I won. You should so. definitely file a complaint. FCC complaint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 
FTC complaint, Federal Trade Commission, bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> so over at Artnet News Pro, this week's hot lots featured some mind-boggling discrepancies <laughs> between estimate and what works sold for which I'm still waiting on some tipsters to like clue us in as to why works are being offered for a fraction of what they end up selling for. Yeah, why like, is the estimate like five to ten thousand dollars, and they know it's going to sell for like three hundred ninety thousand? Yeah, there must be some it. like mechanism there that keeps it at, at a low ball sort of yeah. valuation. If you have the Excel formula um, for that, please send it to us. Yes, send it over. <laughs> Um, so we have a, a, actually a beautiful Grace Hardigan painting from 1966 that was estimated between 80,000 and 120,000. That's actually a, a reasonable sort of difference between what it was estimated for and what it sold for, which was, um, almost half a million. Um, Grace Hardigan, like beautiful Abex painter that deserves much more focus in 2021. I think we can start packing away the Pollocks. At MoMA and put some yep. more Grace Hardigans. Yep. Just pour some thinner on those tro- drop cloths. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? We have a Rebecca Ness painting that was estimated between forty to $60,000 and ended up selling for a quarter million. Never heard of Rebecca Ness. Wait, these Grace Hardigans are really nice. They're beautiful. There are a couple of Grace Hardigans at MoMA, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the MoMA one's hey. really nice. Yeah, it just came up in yeah. Google Images. Um, Rebecca Ness, I guess, shows with Nino Meyer. Is it Meir or Meyer? I don't know. I've always heard Meyer, but I mean, it's M-I-E-R. from a German standpoint, it would be Meir. But is he German though? No. I, I mean, know. there's there's a juxtaposed magazine like article about her. That's all I need to know. <laughs> um, Lucian Lucian Levy Dormer. Uh, 19 born 1912 or no sorry the painting is from 1912 <laughs> estimated between 150 to a quarter million sold for 2 million almost um, funny enough that Raymond Pettibon that was I guess it's the same series uh, Christian Rosa knocked off um, estimated between 300,000 to 400,000 sold for uh, 1.2 million um, I, oh actually Christian Rosa is mentioned here the smash sale of this classic Pettibon wave painting acts as a de facto confirmation that the Christian Rosa forgery scandal didn't hurt or maybe even helped Raymond Pettibon's market. Why would it have hurt yeah, like Pettibon's market? God, who's wearing this? If anything, I'm actually pretty sure that Christian Rosa was put up like somebody actually got him to do it as sort of a auction house sort of scheme yeah. machination. <laughs> totally. God. And then we have, like, no offense, but, like, Danielle Orchard. Like, did you see that painting? No. I'm going to send you a link. It's just, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about this, like, uber contemporary style. I'm sending you a picture, a screenshot of that painting. It, like, was estimated between... Oh, five thousand to eight thousand dollars and it sold for like two hundred and eighty seven five hundred dollars two hundred and eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars like i mean 
I don't know her. I think there's some, like, we have some mutual connections. But, like, the description here says this intimate, that's a trigger word, intimate oil on women <laughs> by Daniel Orchard sold for a whopping uh, 57.4 times its low estimate. Orchard paints female nudes recognizably influenced by the style of 20th century male painters like Picasso and Modigliani, but which I mean, disrupt, hold on, but which disrupt their objectifying God. tendencies. This sultry work depic- depicts a woman smoking in a bathtub, but a painting is a, uh, but the painting is provocatively called two bathers and its subject is looking straight at the viewer who is positioned at the other end of the bathtub, interrupting what could otherwise have been a voyeuristic scene. What were you going to say? I'm seeing more Tamara de Lempitska than Picasso, personally. <laughs> uh, it's like... Female artist, <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, it's one thing to be inspired by work, but, like, to sort of attach... That's my problem. Name. Yeah. Like, like, she's making her work, and that's awesome. It's, like, everyone after the fact that's, like, super fucking annoying. That this is, like, 300 grand... That's like, this is Picasso inspired. And it's like, well, no, you've just placed that on it. I doubt that's her intention. Well, I guess she shows with Paratine now, but like, and Jack Hanley. But like, I don't know. How do you even talk about work that sells for such like crazy figures without either diminishing the quality of it by like criticizing it or like putting it on a pedestal where it doesn't really belong yeah like why would any like first of all the low estimate was uh, the top of it was eight thousand dollars and it sold for like almost three hundred thousand dollars like why yeah well that's key (laughs) that's the problem with the whole market it's like it's a fine painting but it should be something where it's like you could if you're wanting to hang something in the hallway at home you can go to the gallery and buy it for 20 grand or whatever and just call it a day right this whole system is just like ridiculous and like sure the work that i make in the studio is also influenced by like by like you know soutine and nolde and i like i'm not trying to attach myself by uh to their market value or anything like that it's more like on a gestural sort of uh sort of intimate level of influence but like i guess what sells well these days has to have this like automatic like recognizability value to it by like um you know referencing some like well-known masters or whatever for easy digestion but just imagine if the text about your work that someone is like guberstein is queering the soutine blah 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 and you're like oh my god (laughs) i mean this is yeah i mean i don't know that the artists even have like a say in how their work is uh, talked about anymore yeah and would you want to have a say about how your artist talked about if it's sold at auction for three hundred thousand dollars yeah i would be like bring it on make me queer make it about the like the the gay gays like whatever the the gay stroke the, the gay, gay stroke yeah the gay line and gesture with my limp wrist <laughs> is he dot 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 you know dot 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 um yeah maybe i should start titling my work uh like robin d'angelo and uh 
So you want to talk about art, um, how to be an artist by XXX, whatever. Um, Jesus Christ. Anyway, this this is why I've checked out. I also checked out. I mean, this podcast is now all about we love art. We hate the art world. Yeah. You go girl, Daniel Orchard, not the market. Yep. I mean, much like the rest of the news, uh, it's impossible for me to completely disconnect and, you know, cut the tethers because I can't. (laughs) It's like, um, I would love to live in a world where I don't have to be exposed to all those things, but I, we have to do the hard work of reporting back to our listeners. And so we'll continue to suffer, uh, for your sins. And, um, yeah, I will say, though, I mean, you, you've known it for uh, over a week now, but I did secure that position I applied I'm for. so proud of you. As, uh, thank you as a teacher in the private school education system here in New York City. Love it. Um, which will put a dent on my scheduling, like my recording schedule, but I'm sure we'll find a way. Totally. I'm just like, you know, we've covered it in previous episodes, but like I, I just at some point realized that I'm dedicating too much of my time in anticipation of like opportunities uh, materializing and that I don't need to be available that much yeah, and or be present at the studio um, just to keep making work and feel frustrated yeah. um, at opportunities sort of slipping between my fingers or whatever. Hmm. Um, and there's much to be said for like re-entering society as a contributing member to whatever extent, either having a job or whatever, Yeah, which is something that you've also been cultivating in the past few months. Yeah. I'm really enjoying my course and I'm like almost halfway done the kind of core block. I'm like a third done. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I can finish by March and, um. Are you going to be like Angelina Jolie style hacker? What's your <laughs> what's your 5-year plan? Um, uh, my 5-year plan is to move to New York. Mm-hmm. Um You going to be the IT, the IT guy <laughs> at your school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we can hit up Equinox Hudson Yards after work. Oh, thank fucking God for this job. They're covering a gym membership. Yes. Get get that Equinox where you can go to any location. <laughs> oh okay, seriously, the Hudson Yards location looks amazing because there's that pool, mm-hmm. that outdoor oh, pool. that's yeah. where I get all the TikToks from. Yes, that's where every like Instagram and TikTok influencer is posting from. Wait, and they carry Kiehl's toiletries in the... Uh, yes, they have the Kiehl's shower. toiletries okay. in the showers, in the bathrooms. Um, it's funny, though, because I wouldn't necessarily think of Kiehl's as the best, like, toiletry brand for yeah. a gym. I know. Like, I would think Aesop would find their way into uh, Equinox. I think they just got Kiehl's... They got, like, the partnership going when Kiehl's was, like, the thing, you know? Yeah. Because Kiehl's is so, like apothecary-ish and yeah. Aesop has more of like a muscular <laughs> sexiness a queen. to it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, wait, side side note, random question. Is there like a higher level, higher tier gym chain or gym brand in New York City that's like um, fancier than Equinox? 
Uh, if it is, it's one of these like boutique gyms that are like really small and have like private training and small classes only kind of thing. But no chains. Equinox is probably the kind of nicest okay. chain. There's nothing yeah. like there's nothing fancier for the primates of a Park <laughs> Avenue. No, they're going to like a trainer that has like a gym that you go to kind of thing. Right. And like they're a, all birds. Yeah. And they're like um, in one of those like old fire stations that's been converted. <laughs> Anderson Cooper style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right. What what else is uh, I'm just trying to see if anything else is uh, yeah, interesting. Well, we should uh, well our Basel okay. Miami Beach is coming up. Um, people uh, are there right now, flying in. And I not interested. Yeah, I mean, I want to go for the beach, um, the Cuban food, mm-hmm. twist. Um, oh, by the way, did you see that article in the Times about this L.A. law office that is offering an artist residency now? The Cochrane firm? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sending you the link. It's so ridiculous. Um, so cultivating art not argument at a los angeles law office their office tower studios could not be less bohemian but the artists in residence at a law firm's office in california say the space spur creativity (laughs) nonetheless um apropos bohemian and our chat about rent i i guess we recorded like long enough i i went to see uh la boheme the other week ah nice and enjoyed it thoroughly so rent the original. Oh, it's very beautiful. I'm just rent. a sucker for any any opera where, like, at any point, donkeys, <clears throat> donkeys, horses, and or elephants are brought onto the stage God. because that circus is like camped out at Lincoln Plaza. I guess they just bring it over from there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> sounds um, like it sounds like an accident waiting to happen. It's like mm-hmm. a a stampede accident where like 20 people die, basically. <laughs> So in that same article about the law office residency, there's also a side note about the New York City Sanitation Department residency program. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, An artisan resident at the New York City Sanitation Department stolen. Oh, Jesus. That's his name. S-T-O. First name. L-E-N. Last name. Wait, using like, the, own... like the Christmas pound cake? Stolen? No, that's double L, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, Stolen is using his art to confront the consequences of industrialization such as pollution. I'm sorry, but... So the term am I. Indu- <laughs> the term industrialization is so 19th century. Yeah. Like... W- what countries are industrializing in 2021? Like Malawi? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to offend Madonna's uh, kids' (laughs) birthplace. Girl, if we get a cease and desist letter from raising Malawi, (laughs) you're answering it. I think she's busy now with the Nipplegate uh, scandal. It's wild because I had to read about it at the New York Post because I've... I've whittled down my uh, the accounts I follow on Instagram after fucking a month and a half <laughs> of getting <laughs> banned and unbanned and banned Shadow and unbanned banned. <laughs> for just naively unfollowing people because two hundred people. So dist- <laughs> yeah, so I'm down to just a very a very good core of 120 people I follow, 
it's just like friends and and but i just the distraction was just getting too much for me yeah um so much so now that like when i scroll down my feed i have two posts and then it says you're all caught up love it Um, it's a time waster you know what i've done i installed the threads app so i can dm with friends oh yeah that's good and then i moved Um, instagram to like page four of my home screen oh yeah so it's there if i need it for some specific purpose but i'm not you know yeah it's like it's like moving the cookie jar to the top of the cabinet (laughs) (laughs) the chloe kardashian uh large cloche cookie jar oh my god (laughs) um so when are you coming to new york so that we can apply to the new york city (laughs) department of sanitation residency uh march or april we should (laughs) yeah i mean conveniently i think it's like in my neighborhood Oh, amazing because where's the depot if not in guanas oh, wait no we've seen the depot where the trucks yeah. go yes yeah. that's amazing okay um, i want to do that yeah we should do that because also with my my upcoming job i have the summers off oh yes um i wish we could go back to norway i wish they reinstated that residency i know maybe it'll happen we should ask hopefully yeah also we should take a trip um around america Oprah and yes. Gail uh, Next summer, we should drive from New York to... No, we should get a sleeper car on oh Amtrak. Oh my God, yes. Okay, let's go to <laughs> LA in a sleeper car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, a journey of two weeks to get from New yeah. York to LA in a sleeper car. Let's go to Savannah, Georgia in a sleeper car. Oh my God, yes. Uh, that would actually be really fun. That would be fun. I I would love to do that. I just want to hit up some national monuments, national parks. Yeah. I want to get that passport. Yes. Okay. And get it, start getting it stamped. Yeah. And maybe go back to the Martin Van Buren house and get a proper memento instead of True. that plastic badge. Which I have in my kitchen still. I have in my kitchen still as well, but like, I'm afraid it's not going to survive past like... <laughs> it's not going to... It's, yeah it's gonna start it's, it's that brittle plastic you can tell it's brittle yeah <laughs> uh i'm keeping it out of anyone's reach so no one touches it so there's no smearing or smudging no oil um, on it nope um that was such a fun day in uh <laughs> it was so fun i want to go back i'm lately i've been having so many flashbacks to that trip and it was mm-hmm. really nice and thanks for making it so special it was so much fun oh well um next summer more fun absolutely and you're you're coming in the spring we're gonna have a show so yes exactly yeah i'm really excited more more details coming up Mm -hmm. um all righty anything else you would like to talk about not really but just want to give shout outs to a few of our listeners i saw in warsaw in person um Mm -hmm. grzegorz and Felix <laughs> and Mache and yeah it was fun having a IRL meetup with um the thoughts of thoughts so pre pre omicron yeah might never see them again post omicron <laughs> uh-huh. are you gonna get the booster um I'm like on the fence about the booster because on one hand, I'm like, well, there's people that need it more than I do. But at the same time, me not getting the booster is not going to, like, get it to them any sooner. I mean, is, is Europe in short supply now, really? Well, no, it's just like in Berlin, for example, 
you know, people are waiting online for like four hours to get it. What? Yeah, it's insane. But what the hell's going on? But my other thing is like, you know, like the guidelines were like, if you're over 50, get it. Or if you're high risk or this, that or the other. Um, so I'm like, well, I don't really need it. But then they've changed the guidelines in Europe where it's like, if you're over 18, you can get it. And I'm just like, I don't know. Do I need it? I wish I could just do like a antibody test and see if I need it. Like, I right. feel like that would be better, but I don't want to like spend money on an antibody test. Yeah. I mean, so, the only reason I got my booster shot is because Israel won't let in anyone without a booster shot. And even now, they make you quarantine for three days, even if you're vaccinated. So, like, what is the point of all of this? Yeah. I just feel like also with a booster, like, it makes sense for my parents to get it, you know, after yeah. six months. Just so it's like, okay, make sure you're topped up. But I don't know, as someone in their 30s without pre-existing health conditions i feel like well a year is probably an adequate timeline right uh whatever i'm over this yeah i'm over it all i'm just like sorry this is now the covid truther podcast um (laughs) i actually don't care i don't think anything should be locked down anymore if someone didn't get it it's their fault bye yeah (laughs) this is the joe (laughs) rogaine podcast (laughs) Uh, which reminds me next time we go to costco near your studio i should get some kirkland's best uh <laughs> minoxidil <laughs> should get you some kirkland propecia <laughs> oh my god okay i'm gonna go hunt for some sufganiyot for some jelly donuts I'm gonna make a curry flavored ramen because my dad's car broke down and I'm left at home with no food. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of that TikTok, the viral TikTok of the Pakistani grade school kids at their graduation uh, promising to destroy India. <laughs> oh my God. Do, you, do you know that? It's no. so it's hysterical. I gotta play. Oh my this God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> horrible (laughs) well on that note um ciao happy hanukkah talk to you soon (laughs) cheers cheers